Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Hope everything's going well for your what day is it? It's Wednesday, right? Today yeah, is, is Wednesday. Halfway yeah. through the week. These these weeks fly by, especially doing this program, because you're so busy off air preparing for the show that it starts off with Monday, and before you know it, you're finishing up the week. We're halfway yeah. through right now. Well, we're going to be in the election. Of course, a lot of people are already voting. All the early votes are in. Yeah. The network's actually... Now, I don't see how this works. Well, I do see how it works, but, mm-hmm. you know, they have a clue as to how the votes are going. And from what I understand, now, early voting, mail-in ballots, favor Democrats always have because it's part of how they steal the election. But apparently, they're worried about it now, and they're changing the narrative. Well, those nasty Republicans are going to steal it again. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We actually don't know how to still yeah, the election yeah. Yeah, you do. You guys you, are good you, at that, yeah. Um, yeah. You never gave us the instructions. I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what the react what the reaction is to last night's two key debates. There were actually several debates last night, but mm-hmm. the two key debates were the Zeldin and Hochul debate in New York and the Fetterman and Oz debate in Pennsylvania. And the, the Fetterman and Oz debate you got to wonder what they were thinking, his handlers were thinking, when they said, you know, John, I think this would be a good idea for you to step step on the stage and uh, debate Dr. Oz. I mean, Dr. Oz is clear-headed. It was obvious when you watched the program that he was comfortable in front of the camera. He knew how to look at the camera, how to smile to the camera, how to relate to the camera. He was comfortable, and, and it was interesting. I was reading a lot of the comments, both from conservatives and liberals. Of course, the liberals were they were ticked off that Fetterman had mm-hmm. such a problem last night. But Dr. Oz was in a tough situation, meaning that he couldn't come across as being pompous or arrogant to, to or condescending to Fetterman because Fetterman – was challenged on the stage because of his stroke. I mean, he right. you can't you can't go out there. You can't laugh at something that which obviously was laughable when Fetterman would say silly stuff, and he did say silly stuff. You'll hear some of it in a second. So he was walking a tightrope. So some people said, "Well, you know, I'm not saying that Oz was great. He wasn't perfect, but Fetterman really was." They couldn't give. They couldn't criticize Fetterman without at least showing some criticism to Oz. And if you thought about how it went last night, you had to understand that Oz was walking down a very narrow path. Well, here's what I'm thinking, though. The reason they put Fetterman out there, and you're right, you can't make fun of the guy because it is a handicap. Because So that puts you in that precarious damned if you do and damned if you don't situ- uh, situation. Yeah. Go back to the 2020 election with Joe Biden, and he was stuttering all over the place, stumbling all over the place. And on the Democratic national debates, he was stumbling and saying stupid stuff. All of the candidates, even even the 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 senior senior, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. looking at him like, what the hell just came out of his mouth? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but. What they did with Joe, Joe made a bumbling idiot out of himself, but the commentators didn't say anything. What they did is they let the public make fun of him. And if the public makes fun of Fetterman, even though Dr. Oz didn't, then the media can come back and label the right as. That's an interesting thought. I, I don't think that's going to happen this time. And I'll tell you, I'm basing my opinion on the response from the left. Even guys like Joe Scarborough, who is a screaming leftist, mm-hmm. uh, said things like, uh, this is too difficult to watch. I don't know why his people allowed this. I mean, they they made, they knew the situation that Fetterman was in, but well, the, the right didn't laugh at him in the comments. The, the, the conservative commentators were saying things like this is sad he this shouldn't be happening to him he shouldn't be on the stage any human being who watched this last night had to have some empathy towards Fetterman 
regardless of his political position, because he's a, a human being, he's out there, and he's obviously diminished. Well, what they could do is they, uh, they've got well, two weeks, basically, uh, from yesterday to, to go forward. Most people, if they have an ounce of decency, will probably, after today in the news, kind of let that thing just fade away into the woodwork. But now what they could do, you know, there was a statement in there where, you know, yeah, he, he, had, a, he had a debilitating thing happen and he overcame it. They could use a, a small little clip it there. And then they could do staged interviews where, in other words, they have a staged question where he's in a studio setting and they rehearse the answer and he can answer all the questions in a staged environment and make it look like a bogus interview. He's got less than two weeks. Yesterday, Dr. Oz's campaign to the surprise of everybody invested $6 million into additional commercials. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to use video from this debate and highlight it and make they got to be careful yeah. with that. Though. But they're going to go, no, they'll do things like, and you'll hear it. He backtracked on fracking big time, it was which obvious. is a big thing, yeah, yep. because he was totally against that. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to play for you some cuts. Here's how Fetterman opened the debate. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Did you hear that? Good night, everybody. He opened the debate by saying, hi, good night, everybody. I'm going to play it again. Listen. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I mean, that right there is a commercial by itself. That's, you know, is John Fetterman uh, qualified? John, are you qualified? Good night, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Now, I want, I want to play the entire opening statement because it's worth listening to and it's only fair. The opening statement was, they had 60 seconds. He, I think he used maybe 25 seconds. No, he used, yeah, well, he probably used 25, 30 seconds because they had, uh, I think. Have the, you ever been sick? And you're just fighting to say something or even get your mind to work. Can you imagine that 25 seconds he used out of 60? Oh, might it was have been a lifetime. in hell. It was a lifetime. Trust me. Here's what Fetterman said in his full opening statement. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Here's a man that spent more than $20 million of his own money to try to buy that seat. I'm also having to talk about something called the Oz rule, that if he's on TV, he's lying. He did that during his career on his TV show. He's done that during his campaign about lying about our record here. And he's also lying probably during this debate. So somebody must have said to him, look at John, what you do is you just uh, throw out baseless accusations. Just make the Oz rule. I never heard of the Oz rule. Well, he used that several he times. That. He used that several times. Uh, if he's on television, he's lying. Somebody must have said, what you say, John, remember this. If he's on television, he's lying. That will make him look like he's lying throughout the entire debate. So you just keep saying that. And he said it uh, at least three times in the debate, maybe more. I stopped counting. He also said this. I want you to pay attention to who said he was ready to be on the stage. Uh, again, my Dr. L believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Oh. Okay, he says my doctoral. My doctoral, he says Dr. L, I think. But people were looking around like, what? And that's why I believe I'm fit to be where I'm standing. Listen to it again. Uh, uh, again, my Dr. L believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Oh. And sometimes uh, the moderators were kind enough to not let him stand there and babble because he started to babble, and he had 60 seconds, and mm -hmm. maybe at the 20-second mark, you could see he was like a deer in headlights and he was getting lost. 
and his mouth was moving, but the words weren't coming out right. And so the moderator, to their credit, would say, uh, thank you, Mr. Fetterman, Dr. Oz. They would cut him off because they knew it wasn't going to get any better than what they've already heard. Then the big thing that he said last night was about fracking. Now, yeah, that's a big he, issue in Pennsylvania. He shot a video a few years ago. Uh, his wife actually did the camera work. They did a video mm. where he is sitting in a, on a couch in his, I think it's in his uh, condo, and he's talking about fracking, saying he's never been for it, doesn't believe in it, it's not good for the state. So the Oz people got a hold of it, and they've been running it on the air as a commercial. So... They asked the question about fracking to Fetterman. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Okay. Um, that was his answer. I do support fracking. Yeah, I saw that on Oh, on that, was, that was brutal, okay? But you know that's going to be a commercial. Yeah, but you know what? The takeaway that I get from last night is forget about the debate, forget about playing anything, and forget about everything. It comes from Pittsburgh is a Democratic city. So that should favor him. And the poll, after everything was said and done, 82% of the people believe that Oz won that debate. Yeah. Hands down, no questions asked. End of story. Close the book. Turn out the lights. Yes. Put Fetterman in a wheelchair and roll him out the door. Only 18% said uh, he did okay. And Bill, that 18% was an uptick by one point. They had an ongoing poll throughout the entire debate they were running it on the uh, the crawl right and you could see it was oz 83 percent uh, fetterman 17 percent so at least by the end of the debate uh it kicked up a little bit for fetterman 15 16 17 18 percent is a sympathy well somebody's gotta yeah. like the guy I feel bad for him i don't feel bad for him because i know what came out of his mouth before the stroke we know what kind of guy he is. We know that he he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He didn't yeah. work a damn day in his life. And, you know, uh, if you really want to be honest about it, what he stands for and what he really says he wants to do, You're that's right, the Bill. impairment. They have a lifetime of comments and a record that he's he, he did before he had the stroke. You don't right. have to believe what, what he says now. Just go back and look at his record before the, the stroke. He wanted to release criminals, murderers from, from prisons. Uh, he is not, uh, uh, he's a radical. Yeah, and all you got to do is he became the mayor of Braddock. Take a look at Braddock in the 60s, a picture of Braddock in the 60s yep. and its heyday. And then look at pictures of Braddock in the 70s and 80s. And Awful. when he took over, it looks like bombed out Beirut. And those pictures are on the internet, you can Google Braddock right now, and when you do, and you're going, Fetterman was in charge of this. This is what this is the yeah. city he rebuilt. Yeah, and people left it for it's people who aren't from Pennsylvania. Braddock is a suburb town of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, for most of its maturity, was it was a steel monster. It was the steel generating city for this country. Pittsburgh was the steel city. So Braddock literally was just, a, it was like a neighboring suburb. It's right down the road. It's literally like 15, 10 or 15 minutes from, from Pittsburgh. So, but it's the sad part of Pittsburgh. It's when they had mills and they had the, the factory housing and stuff like that. But during the thirties, forties and fifties, it was alive, like Bill said. It was bustling. They were making money. They were generating steel. The city was doing something. But mm. when this guy became mayor, I mean, it was almost as if, ah, we'll take anybody. Who'll take the mayoral position in Braddock? Is there anybody here? Can I see an arm somewhere? And Fetterman must have put up his arm. I think he won by one vote. 
I think he literally won by one vote. I don't. Yeah, think, it could be. I don't think he won by a a big majority. Uh, and like Bill said, you look at Brannock now, and it's a, a shell of itself. It's run down. It's sad. You know, the sad thing this is though the 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 people that are hanging on to the past that still live there, they would vote for him again and believe the lies and everything as you know, the, the, the ground opens up and swallows that town and them alive. I drive down the street. There are Fetterman signs on the traditionally democratic mm-hmm. houses. They are up there. Uh, it's almost as if, uh, we don't care. Is he still breathing? Fine. They were voting for him. Once uh, a Democrat, always a Democrat. I mean, ask Hillary. I don't have, I, I could play an hour's worth of clips, but I'm going to play a montage. Mm-hmm. of Fetterman from last night. Now, when you listen to this, folks, it's not one answer. It's a multiple uh, answer montage. It's all been clipped together. This will give you an idea of how he answers stuff throughout the night. It's important you hear it, especially if you live in Pennsylvania. It's important that you understand that this is the guy the Democrats have placed in the position that he's in right now. I mean, he's literally... Uh, one election away from being a, a U.S. senator from the state of Pennsylvania. And if that happens, it's going to be incredibly damaging to our state, not just uh, because of what he's going to do in the future, but to our reputation as being a sane state. Here is John Fetterman from last night, the montage. Hi, good night, everybody. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about they didn't pay the bills and they got her paid. Here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation. We also be able to make more in Pennsylvania. When he had a choice to make his merchandise, the Oz label is on, he made it all in China. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has, uh, am willing to talk about a, a willing wage? Now, we all have to make sure that everyone that works is able to, that's that's the most American bargain. And I believe they haven't had any businesses being, being. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about having somebody having a living wage and having somebody able to survive. Roe v. Wade, for me, is should be the law. What I support, I support on Roe v. Wade. And I've always believed that the choice believes women and their doctors. I believe that it, I believe the real doctor that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. He keeps talking about Bernie Bernie Sanders living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. He has never met an air, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. I ran to be mayor back in 2005. I'm the only person on this stage right now that is con- con- successful. His, his family's company was was set, levied the largest fine for immigration hiring of, of, of immigrant uh, illegals. He should sit this one out about in terms of what a, a sort of... A secure border. I, I believe. I, I believe. You know, is is right now is is China. Everybody in Braddock, an overwhelmingly majority uh, community of, of black uh, community, all understood what happened. You know, they uh, they understood what happened. We need to make sure that Dr. Oz and the Republicans believe in cutting Medicare and in Social Security. Dr. Oz would not support, and he would support cutting Medicare. To me. Careers are revealed uh, by your real underlying values. It's about supporting and helping, you know, young earners. Excuse me, young, uh, young, uh, young, you know, students to, to give them a break. I believe that that supporting. Uh, That's about the whole hour mm-hmm. synthesized into two and a half minutes. You know, the thing yeah. about it is he didn't. Oz didn't go after him personally you can't but i'll tell you what if you've um if you know a stroke victim or maybe even had a stroke a heat stroke any kind of stroke you see what's going on here and you know then i look back at uh joe biden joe biden had a stroke too you know that. yeah 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 and and it's the same thing it's almost like you're driving down this highway 
but your field of vision is closing in. So you really can't decipher what is beyond this wall of blackness. You just see exit sign, you know, Jersey, get off here. Oh, here comes Rhode Island. But the, you know, you're, you're seeing little snippets. Yeah, you're not seeing the whole road. You're not seeing the whole road. And he's wandering blindly down the superhighway of his brain trying to figure out how to get off on this answer, how to get off on that answer, mm -hmm. how to get home, and how to shut the hell up because yeah. I sound like an idiot. <clears throat> you know, he, he was saying things. He was making unsubstantiated comments about Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz did, to his credit, he held his feet to the fire on occasion. You know, he Dr. Oz never said he was against Social Security. On the contrary, he's he believes in making it better, making making it more um, responsive to the needs of the people who are on Social Security. That's what he said last night, not what I'm saying. And this guy was saying things like, "You're against Doc, you're against Social Security." During the closing statement, when you're supposed to be quiet, Doctor Oz is doing his closing statement, and Fetterman, almost uncontrolled, says. You're against Social Security. He yells it from across the stage, and it's like, uh, the, well, that's the, typical Fetterman, and, though. And, and the even when he doesn't have a stroke, that's true. The commentator said, uh, "Mr. Fetterman, this is Doctor Oz's closing statement. You'll have your turn." But it, it was like a child. It was like a child reacting to something. It wasn't well thought out. It wasn't dignified. It was a. It was a sorry exchange. And I wish him no ill. I hope he recovers and becomes a healthier man down the road. But I do think that he doesn't belong in the Senate. No, I mean, they can program him. They, there's a lot of things that they could do neurally, uh, linguistically. But uh, they're not doing any of the right things. They're filling his brain with all kinds of little power words. And he doesn't know how to connect all these dots. So it's just a big mumble jumble. Last he's night an idiot was anyway because if you connect those dots, it would probably scare the hell out of you. The picture that he's drawing, <laughs> yes, that's true. The that wasn't the only debate last night. There was also no. the uh, Kathy Hochul Lee Zeldin debate in New York for the governorship in that great state. And Kathy Hochul is the unelected governor right now. She's kind of like the incumbent, but she wasn't elected. She was right. placed there because Cuomo left in shame. I got a clip from that, too, and I didn't get a chance to watch that debate, but the people who did watch it seemed to say it went towards Lee Zeldin there, too. Here's a portion. They're not being represented from this this governor, who still, to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that we could do more. Well, when I say we that could we do more, excuse out. me, I'm speaking. Sure, go ahead. We could do so much more. If there was a nationwide ban, but certainly a state ban on teenagers being able to get guns, assault weapons. I mean, I don't know why people do that. What she just did was, excuse me, I'm talking. Someone must say, if he cuts you off, you cut him off. But that makes you, I believe, look small. Petty. Well, Democrats do that a lot, though. Don't shush me. I'm a Democrat and I'm yeah. talking and they keep going. But. You sit there and you see these people like Hillary and you wonder how she can still go on and exist and keep going. But there's a, there's a sycophant base out there that loves to, you know, throw a little snarly line and sit there with that little smirk that you just want to slap right off their face <laughs> because that's the kind of people that they attract and they're the ones that go out and tear down signs and do stupid things. And they're vindictive, mean people. Not all Democrats, but a lot of the left today is that way. And there's some people on the right. Not sure if that. you caught what she said there in that comment, but the thing that's driving the media nuts this morning mm -hmm. is the comment she, the line she threw away in that comment, which is, I don't know why that's so important to you. Now, mind you, Zeldin had just said, he was talking about crime and we're halfway through this debate and you haven't brought it up and what you're going to do about crime. And, and she poo pooed it like, Oh, I don't know why that's so important to you. It's no big deal. 
Well, crime in New York is through the roof. I mean, we've heard about day in, day out, people being mugged, bodega operators being attacked, uh, people being attacked on the subways, pushed onto the tracks, uh, people dying. And yet they're just letting them out on the streets again. A lot of these uh, criminals. I think that they're trying to equate that it's just the normal course of business. You're going to have crime no matter where you go. So why are you worried about it? It is what it is, and we're doing everything we can, which they are not doing everything they can. They're focused on issues that, to me, are non-issues. But they've been the same issues over and over and over again because they've used them every campaign to win abortion at the, uh, at the, the forefront of that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where this goes down the road. I do think that in both the New York and the Pennsylvania elections, the Republican surprisingly was the winner. It maybe not so much. We kind of knew what was going to happen in Pennsylvania. I take that back. It wasn't a surprise. Oz is articulate and thoughtful, and he is comfortable in front of a TV camera, and Fetterman is diminished. Believe it or not. Here's what Democrats are focused on, probably for the next two weeks, because they know that they got some issues. They want to get you off the economy. They want to get you off crime. They want to get you off all the talking points, the dinner table subjects there are. Now, what other thing is there? Well, they know money is important to you. So let's scare the hell out of you and take away entitlements. Now, they're sitting there saying, well, you know, you put the Republicans in. They want to scare you with the recession and and blame it on the Republicans and say it's going to get worse because they inherited that. But then they're saying they're going after retirees and the Republicans want to take away your Medicare, your Social Security. What The one that, thing you have to understand, these are the midterms. And so we take over Congress as Republicans. We take over the Senate. Joe Biden is still going to be the president, so that can't be done. That's number one. And number two, it was never on the table to begin with. So they're going to throw a lie out there at you and scare the hell out of you. Historically, Bill, the Democrats have said that. Historically, the Democrats have said every time the Republicans are going to take away your Social Security, which has never been the case, by the way. But they throw it out every single time. But they're also talking about how the Republicans are going to steal not only 2024, they're pretty confident of that, but they're going to steal this one too. If you didn't hear yesterday's two-minute speech by Hillary Rodham Clinton, the lady mm -hmm. who just won't retire, the lady who just won't go away, just when you thought it was safe to go back and watch politics, she rears her ugly head, she has designs again on the presidency. Mind mm -hmm. you, she. this is a well-thought-out plan. They figure they got a shot in 2024 if they can build a strong narrative. Here's what she said. Now, mind you, Bill, she called you and I deplorables. You remember that? Not too long ago. We I, the, I wear that badge proudly. I'm sure you do. We were the basket of deplorables. She calls her supporters indivisibles. Listen. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. 
But there's also good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched Crush the Coup to make sure we're ready to defend democracy in 2024. They've put together a list of critical races in six key states and how you can get involved. Will you support Crush the Coup by donating to indivisible and state legislature candidates? Each of these races is highly competitive and your dollars could very well decide the winners and the winner of the next presidential election. This could not be more important or more urgent. I find her despicable, and I'll tell you why. She thinks little of her supporters. She, mm-hmm. she thinks they're so gullible they'll believe anything. Did you hear what she said about, can you imagine the state legislatures may have the power to determine a presidency? Well, the state they have does it now. have the power. Yes, yeah, they, they have it now, Bill. They, they had it all along. As of a matter they of fact, do. the reason the election didn't get overturned is because they had Democrats in place to block, you know, the uh, or protect the steal. Let's put it that way. They had a steal. They protected it. And there's proof, believe it or not. Yeah. Whether you don't, you don't want to believe it. Okay, that's fine. The news says it's not real. It's the big lie. The big lie, yeah. But there is proof that the steal does and did happen. It did exist. It did happen. It was the Democrats. Hillary had a hand in it. Obama had a hand in it. Biden's the puppet. Jill had a hand in it. But because they had key people in place, they didn't have to prove that they didn't steal it. All they had to do was block the evidence. So, well, it's been debunked. No, it hasn't been debunked because you have a roadblock. Her supporters maybe are naive for the most part. They are. Maybe they're young and they're not uh, versed as far as the, uh, the, the history of politics and how the system works. But like Bill said, and I, I said, the ability to overturn a presidential election was always there. If states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin had done their jobs last election and had performed what really was their duty to stop the election and to look at their their uh, system again to make sure it wasn't hacked, they didn't do that. But if they had done it, they could have overturned the 2020 election in a heartbeat. Well, if you read into what she's also saying, and keep in mind, the lady that's talking about the steal is the lady that also sat there and d- tried to do the steal in 2016 with the Russian uh, uh, collusion yeah, thing. Sure. She was all a part of that, all the big lie. Yeah. And I have something on that too. But what she's saying is can you imagine the states having the power to overturn an election? Well, your state that you live in does have its own yeah. individual autonomous rights. Yeah. She is basically, by saying what she's saying, is she wants the state power to be given to the federal government, and the states have no say yes. over anything that they do. That's exactly And see, right. that's even the abortion issue. That's exactly you know, right. We want to throw it to the states so your state can decide your body. And, constitution- and you decide it. And constitutionally, it was always set up that the states would have that power. The states would be the controlling force, not yeah. the federal government. The federal government has grown over the last 250 years. Initially, it was almost a token government to keep all of the, the, the cats, you know, herded together. Otherwise, they'd go off in different d- directions. But as the country grew the government became stronger. And then there was the Civil War, and when the Civil War happened, it became even more powerful, more controlling, and has grown ever since. Now you hear guys like uh, Hillary saying, yeah, can you believe the states have that power? Absolutely. If you read your damn history book, you would know that that's how it was set up initially. Well, if you read your damn history book, you would understand something, too, about the federal government. 
it, it you, you go, oh, it's in the District of Columbia. It's part of the United States. No. That's corporation. No, 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 no. It's if you like, you believe the Federal Reserve is the government? Mm. No, oh, no. It's private people. Well, they use the word federal in, in it, Bill. Huh? They use the word federal in it. It has to be part of the government. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any assets to back up the money that I'm going to lend you and I'm going to set the rate on, but by God, you better pay that money back to oh, me yeah. Yeah. with real money that's backed up by gold because I am giving you by the grace of my generosity. Yes, because I'm not, such a great guy. <laughs> yeah. You got to understand True wealth is a lie, but it's power. Yeah. It, 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 you know, what you think wealth is, just back up that bus. It's power. That's all it is. It's power. You know, we're not alone, too. You know, in England, mm, yeah, they have the Bank of uh, England, and it sits in the city of London. Now, that sounds really reassuring. It's in the city of London. The city of London is actually is an autonomous, a geographical, isolated part of London. It is not, it's like the District of Columbia. The District of Columbia is not a state. It's, yeah. uh, it's separate from, technically, it's separate from the United States of America. Here we are in a recession, and we got the Federal Reserve jacking up the rate. What power and authority do they have? To tell us a bank now, a bank that loans you the money, where does it its assets come from? Well, yeah, Federal Reserve does play a role, but interest and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it comes from you, the depositor. Yeah, it is your money that they're dictating rule over. (laughs) That's true. That's true. How the hell does that work? Explain that to me. And the government and what are they trying? And what are they trying to do now? Right now, they're trying to get you into digital currency. So they will Absolutely. have. They well, will you have. Know why? They will have more control. Power. They will have more control over you. You damn right they will. And just remember, any time that you you talk about Washington D.C., the District of Columbia, you're talking about not. It, it, it's a corporation. It is a corporation. Even now, I'm not telling you not to pay your taxes, but your tax form. Just to give you a clue, you know. You swear that this is the money that you earned and that you're signing by signing this, you owe us those taxes. You don't owe them a damn thing until you sit there and say, you're pledging money to them. Now they have the power of the federal government to come in and seize, which, you know, that's a whole different debate. You'd say conspiracy, but you're never going to go anywhere with it. What they're saying, what we're saying is that we're all watching a puppet show. (laughs) We're all watching a puppet show. We're seeing people, the puppets, doing their thing and going through their motions. And we're watching the show, but we don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Who's pulling Mm -hmm. the strings? You know, whose hand is up the puppet's uh, sock? Posterior orifice. We don't see that. We kind of have a feeling who's involved on the other side. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, think the World Economic Forum has far too much power than we can imagine. I mean, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and all of these, uh, George Soros, these people, they're very controlling. Well, you got to realize the United States was, as uh, the queen, the former queen said, the great experiment where the power of a nation was given to the people, but the when that happened, the oligarchs of the world and whatnot sat there and said, well, this can't be. Landowners, money has to control the people, not the people controlling themselves. And so this has been a very long, thought-out, well-executed plan to rope us back in. Right. And Hillary is sitting there saying the same thing. States don't deserve any power. It belongs to people like her in the federal government which is a corporation of the people that really are smart and know what to do. And that's why we have uh, guys like Biden deliberately mm-hmm. t- trying to divide us as a people, calling us names like this. And there's still some of them there. But this is a different breed of cat, this mega-mega Republican group. I really mean it. 
Yeah, we're a different breed of cat. We're a different breed of cat. We are Americans. We're 75 million, at least, people who voted for someone other than Joe Biden. And yet he has the audacity to call us a different breed of cat. Now, mind you, if this different breed of cat has to, we'll go to war and protect our country just like his side will. Maybe mm. even maybe even more, maybe even more so. Well, you know, you look at all the politicians, and right now you have to look at the Democrats because they're the ones in control. We won't talk about old Mitch and his marriage uh, to uh, the daughter of a, a shipping magnate in China. But you look at Nancy Pelosi, worth two hundred forty million dollars. She wasn't worth that when she got it off. Oh, I know. And her and she lives in her eleven million dollar mansion. You look at Kamala Harris. Now, she had some money, but not what she has now. Now, she is a millionaire and lives in a $6 million mansion. Well, gee, you know, that's pretty nice uh, pickup there in the past two years. Look at Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden has never been anything other than a U.S. senator. I mean, he might have been a lawyer for a year or something like that before mm -hmm. he ran and got into the Senate. And I think in the Senate, you maybe you make like a let's say on average one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year, which is a lot of money. Maybe two hundred thousand nowadays, a lot of money, but it's not the end all. It's not the highest salary there is out there by any stretch of the imagination. But that being said, the guy's got a house in Delaware. His main house is probably a ten or eleven million dollar house. He's got a several million dollar beachfront property in Delaware that mm -hmm. uh, he, he goes to regularly. The heck, they just had the government build a $500,000 security wall around his property. Now, mind you, he won't build a security wall to protect our country, but he will invest half a million dollars on a security wall to protect himself. Little old Miss AOC, who was a college kid and a bartenderess, and uh, she, uh, you know, didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And she ran for office saying, even though she was a socialist, she was going to end all this crap. Uh, her second term in there, you know, she lives in a million-dollar spread now, and she's worth several million dollars. How the hell did that happen? And then when people say, you're doing the opposite of everything you ran for so what does she and say she, when they sit challenge on stage her? and crosses her legs and goes la 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 yeah la, 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 bully you she makes fun of the people who are criticizing her in the auditorium that voted for her yeah and she is going yeah it's like ha 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 i fooled you and i'm gonna do it again well you know what you need to get rid of her before her butt becomes like a Nancy Pelosi. Now, a lot of people would say, how can they steal that money? They don't steal the money. Let me explain what they've done. Right. They, they make the laws, so they have protected themselves from criminal action. Okay? Exactly. So what, let's, let's say you build a war chest in your election campaign of, I don't know, $10 million for the sake of numbers. Like $10 million. Let's say you use... Seven or six million dollars in your election. That means you have eh, four, three, three, three or four million dollars left in that campaign that fund. That becomes yours. That you got that right. Yes, sir. -y. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Fetterman was making fun of Oz. Well, he spent 60 million dollars of his own money. That was his own hard earned money. That's off true. The sweat of his back. Yes. Because he wants to come in and change something. Now, will he make money while he's there? Sure he will. But Fetterman, on the other hand, his 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 money making efforts for the campaign are through the ceiling. So let's just say he loses and he's got twenty five million dollars in the coffers and he goes, well, I'm done. That's it. Does that money go back to you that, that contributed it? No. Does it go to the party only if it was donated to the party and not to the Fetterman campaign direct? But any right. money that the party gave the campaign. It's his. He pays his yeah. bills, and when it's done, he I'm goes, not even sure if it's taxable. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Well, I'm not even sure know, if he's taxed on that on money. How it's set up, you know. Uh, look, it is the biggest it's, horse crap scam 
yeah. there is in the world. And that was a bold-faced lie, what he did. And the fact that when he said, well, Fetterman spent $60 million of his own money, I thought, well, damn, I didn't know that. Now I'm glad to know that because Who, that Fetterman? means... I mean, uh, Fetterman said that Oz yeah. spent $60 million of his own money, and I'm going, damn, I didn't know that. That means this guy is investing in what he believes with his own money. You know what else? They, they insinuated, and they do it in the commercials too, that Dr. Oz made money off products he endorsed on his TV show. They asked him about it last night on the uh, debate, and he said, well, no, no I, if it's a good product, and I, I talk about it on my show, I, that's... There's no uh, financial, you know, consideration there. But I can't stop people from advertising on my program. So sometimes, right. what he was saying was sometimes he'll talk about a product and then the company will will buy time on his show and show their product again. And what they're trying to say is because they're running commercials on Dr. Oz's TV show and he's getting money for those commercials that there's something bad going on. And there was nothing bad going on. It was completely legit. And it wasn't something which was intentional. Do you know? Yeah. Fetterman is very limited right now because of the stroke. But he's also, I don't think, a very honest guy, even if there wasn't a stroke. Yeah, he's not an honest guy. But, you know, he's in a dangerous party uh, when I say party. There are players in it that know how to work that system, and they're cheats, and they're going to do bad things. Along those lines, interesting thing, I don't know if you heard about this. The White House nominated a senior advisor to Blue Star Strategies, a controversial consulting firm with ties to Hunter Biden that worked on behalf of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma to serve on the U.S. Agency for Global Media's International Broadcasting Advisory Board. The nominee, Jeffrey Gedman, uh, worked at the Democrat-run consulting firm when it began operating on behalf of Burisma in 2015. Biden is rewarding people who helped him out when he was doing, quote, uh, shady things, end mm. quote, in the Ukraine. And he's doing it openly. He doesn't give yeah. a damn who knows now. He's beyond, he's not under scrutiny. He's anymore. not he under scrutiny. Exactly. He's beyond the point of no return. He can't be touched. Is he? Yeah, is he? I mean, is he beyond the point of no, no. return? If that's if that's true, then the fix is in. And we're spinning our wheels talking. You're spinning your wheels voting. And it's a it's a coup de guy, and uh, you may as well just face it and bend over. You would have thought that the comment he made in front of everybody on videotape before the election where he was sitting down with a bunch of guys on the stage and he said, you know, I said to him, if I'm not, uh, if that attorney general isn't removed by the time I get on my airplane, you're not going to get the $6 billion. And I'll be a son of a and bitch. And I'll be a son of a bitch. And I thought to myself, when I heard that, that's got to do something. People didn't respond to it. They didn't react. I don't think a lot of people understood what that really meant because the media never made an issue out of that. I mean, conservative programs talked about it and aired it, but I don't think you ever saw it on mainstream media. And it showed his corruption, folks. The guy that we have as the president has sold us out to anybody who's paying attention. You can see this. He sold us out for years for the sake of his family's fortune. I mean, he's made millions and millions of dollars. When the mayor, uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife, is writing three or four million dollar checks to Hunter Biden, for what? See, now you talk about his family's fortune, and he might talk that he's the family man and all of that. But yet, you see his indiscretions. It's been known that he has had nefarious affairs all the time. You see where he's running around naked. You see where he likes kids and he sniffs their hair. Women that have walked the halls of, uh, of the Capitol that he's digitized in, in a corner in a room. This man can give a rat's ass about his family. It is all about Joe yeah. and nobody else. He will sell the soul of Hunter if it, you know, if it suits him, if he's going to make money out of it. And Jill... He uses you two, 
and you're gone if he if if he so desires. But then I think Jill is a user too. Mm, I do. I think so too. And I don't think Biden is out of reach just yet. And when I say out of reach, I mean out of reach of justice just yet. Uh, I, I think that if somebody gets into office who has some character and 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 believes in uh, our system the way it was meant to be, I think that he can be brought up on charges. And, and I think that he should be. You know, we've made the impeachment process such a political thing. You know, I'm going to impeach President Trump. Let's do it again. I mean, it used to mean something. I mean, mm-hmm. when Andrew Johnson was impeached, uh, it was serious. He only got out of that by one vote. That was a big deal. So when they impeached Bill Clinton, it was even a big deal. Well, let's talk about that because there's a story about Liz Cheney saying, you know, uh, what was the quote? Uh, uh, she is not effing around when it comes to uh, to Trump. She said the that one term twice impeached president. Now, I have two comments to say. Number one on this. Yeah, he's a one termer or is he? Did he really win that election right. again? Going back. Yeah. The proof is he did win it. You guys stole it. And number two, mm-hmm. he was not impeached twice because it was proven that what he was w- impeached with was not evidence. It was manufactured crap and paid for. Therefore, there ought to be a mechanism that goes back and takes away those impeachments and goes after the parties that concocted that lie to begin with. And the news and the papers should not be selling that lie. And what these creeps on the other side have done is they have equated impeached, the word impeached, to being found guilty. And that is not the case. For the casual listener who doesn't pay a lot of attention, when you impeach somebody, they are brought up on charges, but they have to be convicted. And Trump was never, ever convicted of those impeachment charges. Impeachment is like a suit, okay? You can sue anybody. I can sue you. You can sue me. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm guilty. So if I said I sued, I sued Bill Knight. I sued Bill Knight twice. That doesn't mean Bill Knight deserved it. It doesn't mean Bill Knight was guilty. It just means that he was sued twice. That's what impeachment is. But a lot of people don't understand that. They think that impeachment means guilty. Yeah, they do. And here's another thing the the media does. They are trying to destroy Trump, his brand, his family, everything. They they want to teach him a lesson for winning an election that they felt that they had properly stolen back in 2016. Now, they're doing it by these little things, the... the, uh, the one term twice impeached. But another thing that they always do when they talk about former presidents, uh, and they might be talking about impeachment. Well, you know, they impeached former president Bill Clinton. And of course they impeached uh, former president, uh, Richard Nixon. You know, they will go actually, on they didn't on the do former that former president, but they do not give Trump credit for being a former president or even the president. They say they impeached Nixon, but they never did. They no, never he, he resigned. He you know? said, screw this, I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. He got on the helicopter, he gave the proverbial wave, and he was gone. It's yeah, all, it's read between yours. the lines of these fingers that are up. <laughs> bye bye. That was screw you. I am not gonna do anything about this. Yeah. See, and that's Liz Cheney coming after Trump. She's going, Oh, we're gonna get him and question him unless unless of course he pleads the fifth. Well, you know what? He should plead the fifth because there is no way that you can sit there and go to a kangaroo court and expect you're going to get your story told. They're going to take and nitpick and and malign and twist everything that's said. So, you know, Liz Cheney and how she she lost by the biggest margin ever, and she's still calling shots. I know. Come on. That, but it's because the media gives her credence. The media stands behind her like she's a big deal. She's a loser. And this is not political two weeks before an election. I know. And they're walking it up. I'm sorry, but you know what? The Republican Party needs to send a bill 
to the Democrat Party and to all those networks saying, we want this time reimbursed to us, whether in cash or in credits. Because if they did that, well, it would probably bankrupt a couple of the networks. And (laughs) who the hell cares? Two more interesting things. Last night, I guess it was the night before last, uh, Mm -hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was again swatted. Yes, six times now. Six times she's been swatted. For people who don't know what swatting is, that's when some anonymous call is placed to the police station and says that uh, somebody's in jeopardy. They're, you know, people with guns are in the house and they'll send over the, the police will send over their SWAT team and they will be prepared to knock the door in to, to go and rescue the people. And it, yeah, and and shoot the person that answers the door with a I gun. Know, I know. But see, you know, there's talk, and it might be just talk. If, if Trump runs again, he's going to maybe put her in the cabinet yeah. or be part of the ticket. You know, there's that that's going on. There, there's, there's a lot. Of, there are people, when she got into office, there were the rhinos that didn't want her uh, in there at all, and they did everything they could, her own party, to get rid of her. Now she's become a powerful voice in the Republican yes. Party, and now they're sucking up to her. And you know what? I'm sorry, friends, but she might be blonde, but she's not a dumb blonde, and she might be <laughs> boisterous, but she knows when somebody is, you know, trying to play her. She's not stupid. No. You know, so if you're sitting there, you know, you, if you hated her yesterday, but today, oh, you're my best friend. No, no. Two more quick stories. Uh, I don't know that you heard this. Ash Carter, Ashton Carter, former Secretary of Defense under Obama. He yeah. died at 68 years of age, suffering a sudden yeah. sudden cardiac event. Yesterday, yeah, and that was kind of surprising. I'm going, did, yeah. uh, did he have some information that needed to I get out? I was thinking the same thing. You know, did was he about to uh, spill the beans on somebody, and do they pull a Clinton side? On them, you know, I, I forget what it is. There is a, there's something that's over the counter that you can buy, and I forget what it was. It was in a movie, The Black Widow, but it's where you can sit there and buy something that you get at the store, and basically slip it to somebody, and boom, their heart goes, eh, bye bye, see you, good night. Well, you can do that with fentanyl. You, you yeah, can do that with then, fentanyl, but you you want to make it something that is totally untraceable, right? Untraceable. Yeah, yeah. it's like being in a, in a, a a room that doesn't have a lot of ventilation. You put dry ice in the vent, you know, and and that stuff melts. And one more I, I'm thing, giving away stuff that I shouldn't. I give know away. you're a bad boy. One more thing. Have you heard this? Last week, the National Institutes of Health announced an investigation into the new COVID strain. Uh, research being done at Boston University, which has been shown to be 80% fatal, okay? They decided after the process has been started at BU, after they've started working on the stuff, suddenly the National Institute of Health says, oh, wait a second, we're going to investigate this. Nobody told us about it. This is what they're saying. This is the excuse. Uh, We only found out about what was happening at BU because of the stories in the media. I believe that's a lie. I believe, you know, these powers that be, no, but I think what happened was the story got out and now they're, you know, CYA. Yeah. You well, know, and in Boston, I'm up in Boston right now. And when, you know, we talked about the story, you know, I was talking and, you know, that it was all over the news on the local radio here and everything like that. I'll be damned if that night on CBS, you know, well, you know, uh, talking to all the major players at uh, Boston University. Well, no, 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 no. They're misinterpreting the story. You know, we got mm. the virus and we just wanted to see if there were new ways to fight any other strains. You know how far you are from BU? Probably five to seven miles, maybe. Uh, not even that. Not uh, even that. I, yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, if I go out the driveway yeah. and take a right turn, and go 10 feet, I can get out of the car and go lean against the Cambridge sign. Yeah. Say, yeah. You're not far. You are not far from being. No. Uh, for them to be working on something which is 80, to 80 times more dangerous than what we just had with the pandemic is un- unbelievable. They should be not just stopped. 
the people who approve that should be arrested. I don't care what their qualifications are. It's like them working on a nuclear bomb without the approval of, uh, of the U.S. government. Yeah, and speaking of nuclear bombs, kind of a change here, but we ought to squeeze it in. You know, Russia said that uh, the Ukraine was going to do a dirty bomb. And, of course, the Ukraine quickly said, well, that's just Russia trying to, uh, you know, get this black flag going here to where they set it off and have an excuse to use nukes. Well, I don't know. I really think it is the Ukraine doing something like that. And uh, apparently, because the Ukraine is talking about, well, you know, there's these stockpiles. Really? So that's like asking the person that, that stole the money is sitting there going, well, you know, it was sitting right there on the table, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there was nobody looking when I took, uh, I mean, uh, when when somebody took it. Let's say know? there were 12,000 nuclear weapons in the Ukraine when the Soviet Union was running the country. I think it was something like that. And they yeah. may have only gotten like seven or 8,000 back, and the rest, they said, is missing. Right. Yeah. It, it's well, not and missing. they're talking about, though, the, the nuclear waste, which... People go on, well, you know, actually, you got to realize a rod that goes into a reactor, I think it has something. Now, I'm not exact on this, but it's it's in this kind of number that that rod has still got a lot of power in it, but maybe not for the reactor, but it's deadly. And it has a 15,000-year half life. Yeah. Now, you know, it's it's very, even though you say it's a clean fuel, the byproduct is forever and ever and ever. There's yeah. no way to dispose of this. But they've got and what tons did we of do stuff yesterday? laying around. And what did we do yesterday when when they were talking about the, the dirty bomb and, and the limited yield bombs? We said if, if uh, Russia launches a limited yield or a dirty bomb in the Ukraine, it's going to have serious repercussions. Right. So in other words— We're saying—we're automatically saying it's Russia— we're automatically exactly. saying it's Russia. Exactly. Unbelievable. You know, here they are in, in District of Columbia, which is a corporation, yeah. you know, calling shots for the world. But yeah, we got to talk about this argument. more tomorrow because it's worth uh, it's worth a, at least a segment of our show. It's, it's something which is serious. It's happening right now. A lot of distractions out there. We think everything's going to be going as it's always gone, right? The same Things are going to happen day in, day out. Nothing's going to happen to the USA. There are people in some countries with weapons that can destroy us who are considering a different option. And Mm -hmm. it's scary. It really is. And And there are people that want to reduce the world population by 2027 down. They want it down to, they want 90% gone. Yeah. They want 500 million people. And we are a country of 350 million people on our own. Yeah, so they could wipe out the entire United States and still have a lot more people to go. So do sure. you think that in this bucket that we are a significant drop? Hell no. No, it would not. be a good start. They oh, would- yeah. And and boy, think about think about everything we stand for that stands in the way of, well, these powerful the Schwabs and, you know, uh, the whatnots of the world. Getting rid of the United States would be the best thing that they could ever do. We've done it again. If you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. And we had a friend of ours mention yesterday that on some of the links that we've oh, sent that's out. Right. Yeah, some of the links that we've sent out, uh, for some reason... They're not working properly. So when they click on the link, they get a different website. They get a completely, you know, they get a Sally Sewing Circle or something. So you know? our, our, our hosting site is making a terrible mistake with yes. the links, which I think I'm going to contact them today and say, hey, look, this has happened more than once. Yep. And uh, I might hit them, confront them with a copy of the email and say, we want this fixed. And we want compensation of the money we've paid for this service. And the other thing is this. If if it happens to you, if you get a broken link like that, don't panic. Just go to DuckDuckGo or whatever your browser is. Type in itsanotherday.com. Itsanotherday.com, all one word. 
and it'll take you right to our website, and it's all there. You just go to the latest one. Now, today's episode, this episode will be 210. Can you believe yeah. we've been 210 of these things, Bill? 210 yeah, no, episodes. I can't wow. because you know what? Uh, we started in December of last year. And so we're coming up on our one year anniversary. And that was yes. a week or two, it was a week or something like that before Christmas. Mm -hmm. I think it was the yeah. 16th of December. I think I could be wrong. Yeah. It's been a fun ride. And I listened to the old podcast and they were good. But then again, we didn't have our footing quite right. And, uh, you know, we get up early in the morning. And I used to get up early in the morning. But when you get unused to doing that, you kind of get used to. Uh, being up at six in the morning, going, <laughs> yeah, I know. And now, you know, we can talk, but uh, trust me at 10 30, I'll be going, but trust me, we, we have to end talking right now because we're way over, over but it's been a lot of fun. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. I'm sure tomorrow, uh, join us. Okay. Uh, it's another day. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Bill, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Hey, it's a great time, and be sure to share us, too, with your friends. Give us a like. We appreciate that. And send us your comments. Well, we love to see those. Vaya con Dios. Adios, amigo. Adios.